The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky of phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. After, we're recording this after, the Eagles' final media-attended practice, which was held at Lincoln Financial Field, and it was sort of a full-on scrimmage. It's fun to watch. How you doing, buddy? Fun to watch, Jimmy. A lot to talk about. It's weird in a way because, you know, training camp is just ending. But the season is two weeks away. Uh, the Eagles will have wrapped up their first full week one game uh, by this time. Cutdowns just a week away. Cutdown, roster cutdowns are six days away from when we're recording this on Sunday, August 30th. Of course, BGN Radio brought to you by Right This Fell on Craft Jerky. And you can eat the same meat snacks that these Eagles who are about to play in a couple weeks do by going to RightThisFellon.com and using discount code BGN15. That's BGN15 at checkout for 15% off. Jimmy, where do we start today? There's so much to talk about. I think I know where we're going to start, though. While Righteous Felon is delicious and perhaps nutritious, it has not kept the Eagles from the injury bug, unfortunately. That's true. <laughs> they had two new ones today. Uh, the first one, we'll just get out of the way quickly, was Carson Wentz. Didn't practice. Uh, it is some sort of unspecified soft tissue issue. Tissue mm. issue. Lower body. <laughs> that lower body. He's day-to-day. Uh, the Eagles made it, uh, you know, sort of known that, uh, they are not concerned by it. We'll see. But, uh, it didn't look like he was in any, it looked like he was fine. Like, I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he was at practice today. He was on the field the entire day. You can't really tell much from that, I guess. But, um, I, I believe them in this case that I don't think it's serious. They just held him out as a precaution. Yeah. And, of course, as I always say, you can trust this Eagles and medical staff as far as you can throw them. <laughs> Second injury uh, occurred during practice. It was Jalen Rager. Uh, on, you know, the, the injury gods were like, oh, there's a, a young, exciting uh, Eagles receiver who's doing some real fun things in camp. Let's, uh, let's put an end to that because he's now out uh, probably for a little while with a shoulder injury. Uh, it looked to me initially that it was his wrist it was a play uh, in which a pass was intended for him. Vontae Maddox actually made a really nice uh, pass break up on the play. Ball shot up in the air. Uh, Will Parks intercepted it. And while Rager was trying to get back up to make a play on Parks, uh, he, he clutched it. Like I said, he clutched it. He was in pain pretty quickly. 
He was clutching at his wrist, stayed down for, you know, a moment or two. Uh, eventually got up, walked off the field, sort of had like that dangling arm action going on when, you know, your shoulders hurt or some sort of upper arm injury. Made his way to the sideline. Trainers checked him out. He was clearly in pain when they were checking him out uh, on the bench. Went inside and then reports started coming out that, uh, you know, he was going to get an MRI. You know, Eagles aren't, uh, don't think it's too serious. And then a report later came out. I think that was Schefter came up came out with that report. And then a report later came out. Was it Mosher? Yes, Jeff Mosher. Said that uh, it could be around four weeks or so, uh, that it's a slight labrum tear that uh, does not require surgery. Going to get a second opinion. But uh, overall, not great. Yeah, and then also Jalen Rager tweeted out, be back soon. So that's, you know, good to see from him for whatever that's worth. <clears throat> not a disaster because it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, given how some of the, you know, obviously the Eagles just lost their 2019 first round pick for the season uh, just a few days ago. So not that bad. But still, you know, uh, you don't want Jalen Rager really missing any time. And it sounds like he's going to have to at least miss one game, uh, if not two. And on one hand, again. And you don't, you don't want to miss in time leading up to the season, though, either. Yeah. As a rookie. Like, it doesn't matter if Dallas Goddard misses, you know, the last two weeks of practice or, you know, other guys like that. But a guy that is rookie, there's no preseason games. You don't want him missing time. And then week three, you throw him to the fire against or week four or whatever it is. Because a team like the 49ers, for example, where like, you know, it's a good defense and, and whatever. You, you just you just really didn't need to have any kind of setback with him. So it kind of sucks for the Eagles that uh, that he's going to be out for a little while. I mean, I can't think of any example of a shoulder injury lingering longer way than expected. I mean, it's not like <laughs> that happened to Jordan Howard with the Eagles last year. I mean, uh, so you don't have to right. worry about that. But yeah, I mean, Riker's having a really good summer. So yeah, again, him just being out, not ideal. And also, you don't want that kind of Howard situation happening where it's kind of lingering longer than expected. And maybe he's able to play, but it's not even going to be fully effective or what have you. Because I think, you know, one thing that Riker's been really good at doing is going over the middle. You know, you don't want to lose, lose that all yeah. of a sudden. Now, it's nice to know that the Eagles receivers outside of Riker have been playing pretty well. So, you know, that's kind of encouraging. It's not like he was the only guy there or the, the only hope they have there. But I, I think with Riker hurt, uh, I think that kind of clears the way for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to kind of just be like the full-time guy at X to start yeah. the season. Do you agree with that? Well, I mean, we'll see what he is in, regular, in real games, but... You know, certainly what we've what we've seen so far throughout camp, he's been really good. I mean, he's been really good this camp, and you know, better than he was last camp. Like we, I thought he has, I thought he had a decent camp as a rookie last year, but he has made uh, significant improvements in my opinion. It's caught everything that's come his way. Uh, he's been tough on contested catches. He's had, you know, he's exhibited like a really excellent body control. He's had tons of catches where he's done a good job, like keeping his feet in, either out of the back of, you know either in the back of the end zone or on the sideline. Another one of those today on a back shoulder throw over Avante Maddox. So, you know, we're going to get to see pretty quickly, I think, whether the improvements that we've seen in training camp translate to games that actually matter. What else do we have here, Jimmy? So uh, on the uh, is it good news or is it bad news front, you have, uh, you know, Josh Sweat and Matt Pryor. <laughs> so, like, Josh Sweat looked like, a combination of, uh, you know, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White, Derek Thomas, and Von Miller today <laughs> in practice. How many sacks would you say he had today? I had to be at least like five or six. I had him between five and ten. Like, mm. <laughs> like I don't know how exactly because it's hard to tell exactly 
who gets the sacks on these sometimes because they're just tagging the quarterback and you can miss that or like you know sometimes there's a bunch of guys around the quarterback so I, I don't know how many you would actually give them credit for but I thought it was between like five and ten in my opinion it was the best uh single day performance of any player in camp so far would you agree with that or you, you would or would you have somebody else in that category we're going to talk about him later, but John Hightower had that really good one day. I think that's kind of up there. But yeah, you could, you could easily say this was the one. So he had a great day. Problem is, uh, with any real you know training camp notes, is if somebody's playing really well, then maybe the person that they're <laughs> kind of going up against isn't playing well. And that was definitely true today in, in, in Matt, as far as Matt Pryor goes, uh, playing left tackle, which I believe is you know out of position for him. First couple of years of of his career here, he he almost you know solely played right guard and right tackle. They did use him a little bit at left guard uh, earlier this training camp. He had a Zoom meeting with us uh, a couple of days ago or yesterday, very very recently, in which he said that he did get some work at uh, at left tackle at times last year. Those were uh, it definitely in practices during the regular season because we didn't see any of that in training mm-hmm. camp last year. But in my opinion, he's a guard only. Like, I don't even think he's really, you know, right tackle material. I think he's just a guard only because I think he's always going to really struggle with with speed rushers. He's like a big brick wall of an offensive lineman in that you're not going to run through him. And we see that in one-on-ones every year where he's really dominant in those. But, um, yeah, I just don't think he's a tackle. And he's certainly not a left tackle based on what we saw today. So that remains a big-time problem area. Uh, considering you know what we what 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 has happened along the line with Jason Peters, where they signed him to be a right guard, uh, Andre Diller goes down for the season. Everyone's expectation was just that okay, well Peters, you know that's kind of what they partially signed him for was quote unquote Andre Dillard bust insurance. So he goes down for the year. Everyone anticipates JP moving right over to left tackle, except oops, <laughs> Jeff McLean of the the Enquirer uh, reports that uh, JP. Wants more money to be the starter at left tackle. And until that happens, he's just going to stay right where he is at right guard. So uh, as far as uh, uh, Josh Sweat goes in Jason Peters' eyes, uh, I think he owes that guy a a steak dinner for for the performance that he had today. They're in cahoots, Jimmy. It's it's all, you know, they're working (laughs) together. JP's like, hey, I'll I'll give you a a cut. No, obviously, I don't know that. But, yeah, I agree with you. Pryor just isn't a left tackle. I I, Like, how could you have that guy, after watching him today, like, protect Carson Wentz's blind side in week one? Like, you you can't. Like, that's not a real option. And I think that Jason Peters, and quick on Josh Sweat. Josh Sweat has had a really nice summer, in my opinion. But, like, today's practice doesn't, the takeaway shouldn't be like Josh Sweat is amazing. He's gonna have like you know a uh, double digit sack season. Like that's not my takeaway. It's it's not so much as you know Josh Sweat being great. I think he's good, but I think it's it's the bigger concern or the bigger takeaway is that again Matt Pryor just is not an answer at left tackle. And when it comes to Jason Peters asking more money, because this is this is controversial, Jimmy. I, I don't even know where you stand on this. Uh, I actually I do because I read your training or I read you tweet about it or your training camp notes or something, but. I mean, to me, the Eagles don't really have a choice but to pay Jason Peters. And this is why he, I'm guessing, his side put it out there that he wants more money because it's really really (laughs) a smart play by Jason Peters because, like, what are the Eagles going to do? They're going to cheap out at protecting Carson (laughs) Wentz's blind side? Like, that's (laughs) really what they're going to do? Like, that's. They're going to pay him, yeah. Like, that's what you can tell the fans. Like, well, 
you know, you know, fans like Carson Wentz just got knocked out, but hey, we <laughs> saved three million dollars. Aren't you happy about that? Like, no, that's right. not going to fly. And right. yeah, so and I, and Jason Peters is in the spot to ask for it, and you can kind of say like, oh, well, you know, whatever he should be doing, whatever to help the team win. Okay, you can say that, but that doesn't really change the bottom line. And the reality is the Eagles have given Jason Peters like unparalleled power. You know, many writers have written about this. I remember Jeff McLean's story about how like each year the players have to do a weigh-in and like Jason Peters never even does it. Like he doesn't step on the scale. (laughs) He doesn't have to. Like who's going to hold him, you know, who's going to make him do that? Like he has, he said he's best friends with the owner. That is not a typical player relationship. Like Jason Peters has a lot of sway and clout and power in that building. If he wants $3 million, I think he's getting it. And also, like, I get it from his argument perspective, too, where, like, if he talked to them and said, like, hey, I'm going to play right guard, and, you know, he's the 20th highest paid right guard on the annual value. Well, he told me 30th at left tackle. So, and he made $6 million last year, and he's making $1 million, or sorry, he's making $3 million on a one-year contract now. And there's, the, like, up to $3 million in, in additional incentives, so it would bring him up to $6 million. Like, can't the Eagles just guarantee that? Wouldn't that make sense? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, I think that would that would make sense I, to be determined, like exactly how much money or extra money he's asking for. But if he just wants the non guaranteed portion of his contract guaranteed or something mm-hmm. like that, then I think that's a that's a, a thing do that the Eagles yeah, should reasonably do. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Like, so my my take on on that situation is that it's a little bad faithy, and mm-hmm. then like you know when when he signed in July. There was no mystery that he could be taking over for Andre Dillard at some point at left tackle. So when that when that contract was negotiated at that time, maybe incentives for him moving to left tackle should have been agreed upon then, as yes. opposed to you know just before the start of the season. Yeah, how did that so, not come up? Like, how did that how I, I did that know. not come up? I don't know. I, I mean, we don't we you and I obviously are not privy to those negotiations and what was actually discussed and what points were made by each side. Uh, you know, what what points did the Eagles make on why they shouldn't pay him whatever Jason Peters probably wanted instead of what they he got in three million uh, up to six or whatever. So, I mean, we can't really speculate too much on that. But uh, certainly, uh, you know, that that is something that they probably could have, you know, kind of baked in to the contract that there was going to be a bump in pay if he did have to move to left tackle. But they didn't do it at the time. I mean, I don't really feel bad for NFL teams when players uh, like like in this situation sort of maximize the leverage that they have because the NFL teams act in bad faith. So, like, you know, kind of what comes around goes around. So I don't really fault JP much for, you know, like I said, maximizing his leverage here. But uh, I do understand where, you know, fans can look at, like, the, the amount of money that the Eagles have paid him over the years. It's like over $100 million or something like that. And he's going to try to hold them hostage just, like, two weeks before the start of the season. I can understand where people would be peeved by that. But uh, but ultimately, you know, these guys are, are going to make whatever they can while they, while they can. And uh, JP is just doing that. And also, uh, it would be frustrating from a fan perspective to see the Eagles give into those demands only for him to get like hurt in week one. And he's coming out and it's like, well, great. Like you paid him the extra <laughs> yeah. money to move over. And now like, he's not even playing out there because he's getting hurt because that's what happens. Uh, and then he, if he played, like if they're just like, you know what, just stay at left at stay at right guard. Then how many games has he taken himself out of early? If he's just stuck at right guard. Yeah. Someone like way worse than him is playing left tackle. Like how, hmm. how, how invested into the season is he going to be at that point? That's a fair question to ask. So they, they got they just have to pay him, and then the problem goes away. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to. He's the best option. He's the best. And I think Pryor is a better guard. I, I, I think – I like Matt Pryor. And I think it's He's fine at right guard. Yes. Yeah. And I, like, I, was, I sounded pretty hard on him before, but he's fine right, right, right where he was at right guard. Yeah, I agree. And and it's a shame that like he's kind of getting besmirched or even maybe he, he it, I don't know. Who who knows that this isn't like kind of shaking his confidence or hurting him in some way. Um I don't know. I'm just, you know, asking. Uh but you also wanted to mention Jim, or you also another question you wanted to bring up Jimmy here is why is Matt Pryor at left tackle yeah. right now and Jordan Mailata at right tackle and not the other <laughs> way around? Yeah, so Pryor uh is you know as we mentioned before is more is certainly more comfortable on the right side since that's where he's primarily been working for the last three years Mylotta, conversely is more comfortable on the left side that's where he started out that's where he started out when he first started playing football played there for the first couple years or whatever started cross training him a little bit at right tackle last year and he's admitted that he's not anywhere near as comfortable on that side he used the uh wiping his butt analogy with like Mm. his offhand saying something like it's not the same, you know, you just got to get the job done or something to that effect. But uh point being made here is he's more comfortable at left, at left tackle. Pryor's more comfortable at right tackle. So why weren't they just playing there? And my feeling is, like, I remember remember last year when Brandon Brooks's um, availability uh, for week one was still in question. And it, it would just make sense, really, for, for Pryor to fill in their right guard, since that's probably his best position. But no, they had Halapulavati Vaitai working mm-hmm. in there at right guard instead, while also sort of, you know, being the the season-long swing tackle whenever Brooks came back. So, like, I think they made it pretty clear that they, they thought that Vaitai was just a better player, really, at any position than prior. And I feel like that's kind of the same way they're operating now with Pryor and Mylotta. Like, left tackle's the spot that they have to figure out right now, so they're putting Pryor there, because they think he's just a better player at any position than Mylotta is. So he got the first crack at left tackle. We'll see if, like, they give Mylotta a, a, a crack at left tackle going forward. We're actually still allowed to go to practices, media, that is, uh, but only for, like, the first 20 minutes or so. So we will potentially get to see, like, how they'll line up along their offensive line uh, early in practice before they kick us out and they start doing the stuff that we actually take notes on on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but for now, it's prior, and I think it's just because they think he's just a, simply a better player than Mylotta across the board. Yeah, seems to be the case. Uh, I don't trust either of those guys, to be clear. At, at, you know, starting like Jordan Mylotta, like this is a guy, again, who's getting wrecked by Joe Osman. And by the way, it wasn't <laughs> right. just sweat. Uh, roasting um, prior today. I also did see Osman beat him too. And like, you know, these are your top options. And Jack Driscoll, like, I don't even think that's a real option. Doug Peterson mentioned him, but he's really been playing on the right side. Yeah. And his his only real experience on the left is going back to like UMass when he was like a a redshirt freshman. Like, that's so long ago. You can't just And he played left guard. He didn't play left tackle. Yeah. And that still, that's so limited too. And he's had so much more experience on the right side. And he even got some first team right side uh, or right tackle reps today. Uh, whereas my lot, got most of them, but towards the end of practice, Driscoll got some. And then, yeah, my, I just, so I, I just don't trust either of those guys. And then Doug Peterson didn't even mention Prince Tega Winogo in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So, Who's only been playing left tackle, by the way. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just, you know, and, you know he forgot <laughs> about him or what, but you know, it certainly shows that he wasn't top of mind and it's like, oh, he's definitely going to be the guy. So yeah, I think it has to be Peters and the Eagles are just going to have to bite that bullet. 
And any other D- thoughts to me? I'm well, Doug's a good coach, but he's not the best interview guy. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, the other the other player I just wanted to bring up uh, quickly. You mentioned him already, John Hightower. Well, he I want to get to him after to- the break, Jimmy, because there's a reason for it. Oh, okay. Well, you know who you can trust if you can't yeah. trust Matt Pryor. You can trust Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, Brandon. She was voted by the kings and queens and lords of the earth as the best realtor in the universe. And she's Boom. right here in the Philadelphia region. You can call That's her at 856-906-9295 if you're looking to sell your house. Again, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295. Or you can just email me and I'll get you in touch with her. Uh, my email, very easy to remember, jimmy at phillyvoice.com. Brandon? Back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 143, recapping the officially the 12th day of Eagles training camp. Obviously, we didn't have an update for you guys on Saturday because it rained, and the only two reporters there were Zach Berman and John McMullen as pool reporters, and we kind of had a pool report from that. So that's why you didn't see an update on Saturday. You're not crazy. Uh, Don't worry about that if you you missed it. But plenty of stuff to talk about here from Sunday and Jimmy, and really just camp overall. And you had mentioned John Hightower before the break, Jimmy, and I wanted to use that as a transition here. Uh, especially because it makes me look smart. And, you know, I really need to boost myself <laughs> up here. Uh, okay. So every year – or you should explain this. What do you do every yeah, year? Yeah, so Which every you- year um, I do – actually, we just mentioned this on the pod like a podcast or two ago mm-hmm. uh, when I told the Merrill Reese story about him pointing at Patrick Robinson's name. But uh, we, I do a poll every year of the, of the media. I do like a stock up, stock down poll Anon- anonymously. Like I don't say like who voted for who or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, each media – each you know, each guy that like – each guy or gal that watches every practice or close enough to it, I ask him to give me one player stock up, one player stock down, and uh, usually I get like thirty to forty people to participate in this in this poll. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year it's you know less because there weren't as many people allowed to watch practices each day, so I only had like I think it was eighteen or nineteen people uh, participate in the poll this year. But it's kind of like a fun time capsule to go back and look. At you know who was really standing out in camp and who wasn't uh, going back into previous years and um, you know even just like at the end of the season it's fun to look back and see like who stock was up during training camp and who was down or whatever so I, I actually did that poll today who did you vote for Brandon I don't remember 
Way to go, Jimmy. Way to uh, <laughs> really take my vote until we can. Um, uh, I I had to think about it, and I I went stock down first because that yes. was just way easier for me to to think of, and that has to be Sydney Jones. I mean, Sydney Jones. <laughs> yeah. This, now, for me too, I'm applying context of like expectation in here. I think that's relevant. You know what I mean? Like if Fletcher Cox looks amazing in training camp, I'm not going to say stock up because like yes. he doesn't have anywhere to go but up. Like right. He, so anyway, uh, an expectation not by me but by some out there or by many was that like uh, Sidney Jones was going to compete and, and potentially win the starting cornerback job across from Darius Slay, and that could not be further from the truth. Where Maddox got all the first team reps, and Sidney Jones really only participated fully in each practice in the first two like out two? of the twelve. Yeah. Because even though he's back and he was doing some seven-on-seven stuff today, and I think yesterday too when we weren't there, he was not doing full team drills when they did, uh, you know, when they went live in the scrimmage. He didn't play in the scrimmage today. Yeah. yeah. So, like, he's still not even 100%. And I just, I don't understand how you can look at, like, if you're the Eagles and you're looking at, you know, building this roster, like, how can you justify Sidney Jones' spot on the team? Like, he does, he does, he has not deserved a spot on the team. Like, he's not earned it. That's fair to say, right? He ran away with the stock down votes. Just, he crushed everyone. So he had 11. (laughs) Well, let me count them. 11, 13, 14, 18 votes total. He had 11 of them. Mm. So he had 61% of the vote. Uh, Nate Sudfeld had two. Hmm. I guess that's because people think he's going to lose that number two job. I actually thought Nate had a really good day, and I think he's been better than Hertz over the last few days. Agreed. I think he's really solidified his spot as the number two quarterback, at least early in the season. So yes. I don't have him as really stocked down at all. Agreed. But I guess, so I guess, um, but I guess, you know, people feel that he's going to lose that starting, that, that excuse me, that number two job uh, at some point. So they had, he got two votes. Jannard Avery got one. Uh, my got one. Peters got one, I guess, cause they're mad about him. Uh, not mad, but, but I guess because they figured he's being a jerk for demanding more money. Uh, Anthony Rush got one and Michael Warren got one. So, um, yeah, 61% went to poor Sidney Jones. Uh, well, not poor Sidney Jones, but, uh, Sidney Jones who cannot stay healthy or for whatever reason, I don't, I don't, I mean, nobody's even really tried to even dig to find out like what his actual injury is. People just haven't even bothered. Um, cause I haven't seen anything like that. So, uh, yeah, it's just not been a very good camp for, for Sydney. And it's really interesting the way that Jim Schwartz asked the question, answered the question about, you know, it's time running out for him. He was just basically like, yeah, like, can you imagine <laughs> someone asking him that same question in regard to Derek Barnett? For example, and him answering that that same way. It's a really good point. He'd be like, "No." Like he would, <laughs> like he would, he would have been like, "Derek Barnett is awesome," <laughs> you know. But like in this case, he was like, uh, "Yeah, time's running out. Season's going to start pretty soon." He hasn't, he hasn't, you know. But I can only coach the guys that are on the field. Derek Barnett is awesome. Oh, by the way, also my daughters own his jersey. Like, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. So stock up, or, or who's your stock down? I want to get you because you don't usually my stock down was this, also right? Sydney Jones. Okay. So you yeah, do participate was, in this or no? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I count my own vote too, yes. Okay. Um, and then my stock up. So yeah, I wanted to go with Deontay Burnett here. But I kind of explained my logic to you why I didn't. Just because I thought like he might not make the team. And also I kind of liked him anyway. So he didn't really like surprise me necessarily. Um, he's been better than I expected, I guess I would say. But like it's not a total shock. Because I thought he showed some potential last year. And I liked his profile. He's young. And I didn't, you know, I don't know for sure if he's going to make the team. So I feel like weird about saying stock up for him because <laughs> right. it because it is, but I don't know if it even manifests in actually making the team. So like, who kind of cares, even if that's yeah. the case? 
Like there might be, you know, a guy who you bring in in theory uh, as like a camp body who like does really well, but he just has no chance of making the team. And okay, he's stuck up, but like doesn't doesn't mean anything anyway. Right. Right. Uh, so I went with John Hightower, and boy, do I look even smarter for picking that because he <laughs> balled out in practice today again. Jimmy, I think the way I put it uh, was like John Hightower has made at least like one highlight catch, at like at least one, for, for, like almost in every practice for about like the past week or so, and then some even earlier on training camp. And in addition, I can't recall a single time where he's dropped a pass in this training camp. Like he has been really good. And it's kind of weird because, like, like at what point does he kind of just get playing time? Like, 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 what do they do with him? I would be shocked if he doesn't play at all week one in the regular offense, that is. He's going to get some snaps there. I don't know how many. I don't know how big a role I'll have. But they're going to get him on the field at some point week one. They have to, right? Like, especially now with Rager mm-hmm. potentially missing that game. Yes. Like, he's going to play it at some point during that game. He, he, he was the leader on the stock up votes. So nobody ran away with it like Sidney Jones did. In fact, 11 different guys got votes. Hightower had four. Uh, this I feel like this is very non like the, like taking a receiver. I feel like is very like non hipster vote mm-hmm. because receivers are very visible in these practices. And I feel like it's, you know, kind of the cooler thing to do to pick like more obscure position. Uh, but I, too, uh, went receiver. And I went Hightower. <laughs> I really like labored between Hightower and uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, but ultimately uh, went with Hightower. So my vote was actually the deciding vote between uh, Hightower and Whiteside, or sorry, Ortega-Whiteside. Hightower had four, J.J. had three, Burnett had two, Corey Clement had two, and then the following seven guys had one. Hmm. Uh, they were... Uh, Jack Driscoll, <laughs> okay. uh, Elijah, Elijah Holyfield, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, uh, Elijah Riley. Uh, Bo Nikkel, Wolf, of course. <laughs> that was Bo Wolf. Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman and uh, someone at the end of practice uh, wanted to change their vote. So I let them. They uh, Martin Frank switched from Deontay Burnett to Josh Sweat. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's cheating a little bit, I think. But uh, I let him have it. So, yeah, Hightower's the stock up guy. And City Jones, the stock down guy. And looking back at previous years, do you want to play like, you want to guess who? Yeah, let's do had, it. Had the, all right. So, stock up last year. Who won? Oh, I actually man. Compi- so, I actually compiled uh, all the players. I've, I've been doing this since 2017. Mm-hmm. So, for the last three years. I compiled all the guys that got at least four votes. So in 2019, there were two guys that had at least four votes. One is on offense, one is on defense. It was uh, Sidney Jones last year because you told me this last year. Yeah, I I, I got on my own. Like I forgot (laughs) you told me about that, and I rethought about it, and I came to it. He did. He did look legitimately good in training camp last year. (laughs) He had ten votes for stock up last Uh year. Yeah, he had a decent camp early on, though. Then he kind of cooled off. Yes, right. Because I did these after the first ten practices, so there was. You know, not early in camp, but about the midway point in like the practices that we're allowed to watch. Mm-hmm. And then the other guy was on offense. I voted for this guy last year. The other guy was stock down. You're saying no, this is stock up. So I, I, I compiled all the guys that had at least four oh. votes. So this is the other stock up guy that did well. Man, last o- year. offense. Um, can you give me a position? I can't think of. I can't guess. <laughs> That's too easy. If I give you a position, uh, oh, he's he's a skill guy. He's not an offensive lineman. Okay, is it is it obvious? Yeah. 
Jimmy, 2020 has been a long year. It's been like more than a year. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm blanking. It was Miles and, Sanders. Oh, of course. Yeah. With seven votes. All right. Stock down last year. This is easy. The number huh. one vote getter. There's actually four guys that got at least four votes. Yeah. Uh, but the guy that got the most votes is pretty easy. Stock he down. Just, he just year. stunk from wire to wire. Is he still on? He's not on the team anymore. He's now. gone. He didn't make the team. This is defense. Is he? This is offense. Matt Collins? He he got five votes, but he wasn't the leading vote getter. So he was one of the four that got at least four votes. Hmm. Josh Adams? No. All right. You're going to have to give me the position here. <laughs> Quarterback. Oh. Oh, duh. I said, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I just like to remember that Clayton Thorson didn't exist. Yeah, very. He was horrible. He was honestly, he's probably like the worst player I might have ever watched in an Eagles practice, like over a training camp. Just terrible yeah he was he's, yeah he's up there at least i think there are some undrafted free agents that were probably worse that just got cut like immediately but he was he's up there for like drafted player in training camp yeah uh the other two were also on offense uh both offensive linemen uh jordan mylata had a bad camp last year mm. <laughs> at least early mm-hmm. and uh stefan wisniewski had a bad camp mm. uh, got cut and then wound up starting for the super bowl winning chiefs and now he's back as a backup with the steelers yeah all right, 2018, if you can remember back that far. Oh, yeah, this is getting tough. Uh, stock up? Stock up is too is, – you're not going to get it. It's too hard. There's two two guys got four votes, which means that it was kind of spread out. Because, like, again, like I got like 30 to 40 people. So for guys to like – for the top vote getter to only get four, like they didn't really stand out. And the names aren't – you're not going to like – you're not going to get it. Can you give me I'll a position? You, so, or? Eh, all right. So one of them is an offensive lineman. One of them is a linebacker. And this is 2008. Well, Corey Nelson was the down, right, in 2018? Well, this is up. Yeah, yeah, this is up. Up in 2018, linebacker. Jeez, who do they add? Uh, linebacker? He wasn't new to the team. Oh, Kamu. Yes. Kamu Grujay Hill, for anyone unaware. And then stock up on defense or offense. Um, uh, offense. Was, was offensive what? lineman. Offensive lineman, Matt Pryor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Remember, he was just crushing people in one-on-ones every day. Yeah. And uh, we were like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be good. And then the preseason games happened, and then he wasn't good. I saw him get beaten one-on-ones today, too. I guess, like, he was kind of taking more of that left tackle stance. And I saw Sweat uh, beat okay. him there. And I saw Osman beat him there, too. So so even, you know, the mighty have fallen in one-on-ones. 2018, you already you already kind of know what it sounds like. Stock down. You had it right. You said it. Yeah, name Corey Nelson. Corey and... Nelson. And then two other guys got five votes. They were both offensive linemen. Offensive lineman, 2018 feels like forever ago. Um, one of the one, and we were right, as we meaning media, we were right about both of these guys, at least that year. I can't even remember. Chance Warmack. <laughs> yes, very good. <laughs> That's a good pull. Because he shouldn't have been on the team. It was ridiculous. And then there's another offensive lineman there. Yes. Is this like an undrafted rookie free agent? He has since he has since turned it around. Um, he's also he's on the team still. He's on the team. Uh, was it Mylata then? Or well, no, he turned turned around. Samalo, correct. Yeah, because he got benched uh, week two that year. After yes, that horrendous Chiefs game. I think that was yeah, that was week two. Well, that was two thousand seventeen. Oh, that was two thousand seventeen. You're right. Well, two thousand eighteen. I don't know. It's not, All right, we're in the weeds, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, just real quick. Twenty seventeen. This one's tough. He actually, this guy ran away with it for stock up. There's no way you're going to get it though. Too position wide receiver. Like 13 votes. Oh, the next man. closest guy had four. Was it I don't know, 2017? Yeah. Well, oh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Nelson Aguilar. No, Aguilar had four, so he got some. Uh, he got some love. 
Oh, Mark Stone. Different... Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> right. Forgot about him. Remember that? Like yeah. He was lighting it up early in camp. Like I think yeah. Daniel Jeremiah popped into camp one day. That's right. And he's like, this guy's a stud. He's still in the league. He's on the Colts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hasn't really done anything yet, but he's he's, he's managed to hang around. Mm-hmm. And then uh, C.J. Smith got four votes. I like C.J. Smith. And he's he's actually – he's played well. He made well. the team. He made the team, actually, that but, year. But, but then he, they cut him, like, immediately thereafter. He's going to have a role with the Packers this year. Like, he's become, like, a real player. Like, he's become, like, a, a good player. Yes. Yes. And then uh, – 2017. No, I think you're <laughs> confusing him with the other guy that they had two years ago. Oh, Chandon Sullivan. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, did yeah, like yeah. C.J. Smith too, though. But yeah, Chandon Sullivan is who I'm thinking of. Sorry. 2017, they had – there were two guys that had a lot of votes. We already talked about Patrick Robinson, so we already know that's one. The other guy's on offense. He was a rookie. This this guy's up there with Clayton Thorson for oh, worst Gibson. camp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty – it's kind of a toss-up between Shelton Gibson and Clayton Thorson who had a worse – Training camp, their rookie season. Yeah, that Gibson, is true. Gibson, Gibson can catch. He couldn't catch anything. He couldn't he had catch. At least one drop every practice, every day, it. and like usually multiple. Yep. Kind of felt bad at one point. I was like, oh man, this is, this is <laughs> right. tough. I was just, I was just killing him every day, and then I was like, all right. And then it got to a, a certain point where I was like, I'm not going to talk about Shelton Gibson anymore. <laughs> like, it's like that Simpsons gif where it's like, stop, you're hurting him. Stop. <laughs> right. All right. So we got, uh, we got cut downs in a week. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are any roster moves between now and then? I guess not, right? I mean, I guess, what do you think? I think they're going to try their damnedest to get anything for mm. Sidney Jones. Yeah. I think they're, uh, I think they're, Howie is going to admit that, uh, I mean, I don't think they can justify keeping him. I mean, what, what message does, does that send to everyone else on the team if that guy gets to stay on the roster? So they're going to try to, they're going to try to trade him for anything. And, and you cut Craig James, who was like, like I think he's not perfect on defense by any means. He looks like a backup, but he's made some plays. He had a big uh, pick six yeah, today, and, yeah. and he plays well on special teams. Like you're really going to cut that guy just so you can like have the the theoretical upside of Sidney Jones, who can't stay healthy, and like you know, like it's just what are you doing there? Like, I I know like if this was Madden, you would just keep Sidney Jones because like he's more upside in theory, but it doesn't like. There's, that's not reality. Like the reality is that Craig James has earned his spot on this team, to me at least, and like Sidney Jones hasn't. That that pick six was really nice today too, because it was uh, it was a I wouldn't quite call it a deep ball necessarily, but it was sort of you down know, the field. It, it was down the field to Deshaun, right sideline. He stayed in phase with him, turned, located the ball, made the pick, and then like that interception return. Like he, because it was down the field, so he had to get through the whole offense mm-hmm. <laughs> on the way to the end zone. He was kind of weaving in and out of traffic, and uh, you know, I guess it wasn't a full-on tackling session, so uh, we can't like totally tell if he would have been tackled or whatever. But uh, it was sort of a pick six, six I guess. And uh, he had another. He was also sort of uh, the victim of the great John Hightower play in the end zone. Where again, he was in phase. He turned, he located the ball, he made a play on the ball, except Hightower was mm-hmm. able to sort of pop the ball up in the air to himself and he caught it, kept both feet in for a touchdown. Like it was an awesome play by Hightower. Yep. But it was actually pretty good coverage by, by Craig James on that play. Yeah, so I'm would, with you. Like you yeah. can't, in my opinion, you can't cut that guy in favor of Sidney Jones, who just seems, I mean, I don't want to get into his head or anything like that, but he seems disinterested. Can't make the club in the tub, Jimmy. And right. I've also seen Craig James have some bad moments and bounce back. And that's important for like a cornerback. Like that's what sure. James Schwartz wants to see. I feel like we've seen Sidney Jones kind of snowball. And again, that's kind of playing 
armchair psychologist or whatever, but like that's that's also been an issue, just the confidence I'm, level. You know, another point maybe to be made here too is like I haven't seen much in the way of special teams ability uh, out of, and we're talking like not not as a returner or anything like that, but just as a guy that can like be a gunner or like the jammer or like anything like that out of any of the receivers. Like I haven't mm. seen those guys like or on like kick coverage. So like I don't think you're going to see like John Hightower on kick coverage or punt coverage or like like maybe Quez Watkins in theory could do it. But mm-hmm. I would imagine that's a guy that's probably inactive on game day, at least initially. Deshaun certainly isn't doing it. JJ isn't doing it. Rager isn't doing it. So when you don't have any of your receivers really participating or co- contributing in that kind of way uh, on special teams, then – and Sidney Jones doesn't do it either. <laughs> you know, you kind of need those Craig James-type players who do that stuff. And in his case, he's actually a very good special teamer. So – I have I I didn't have him on initially. You did, yeah. So hats off to you on that one. But he'll be on my final fifty three over Sidney Jones. And I guess we'll do like a final fifty three podcast. And obviously our projections ahead of cuts this Saturday, upcoming September fifth. And obviously talk about any other Eagles news that pops up this week. But Jimmy, I also wanted to ask you. I guess as we're kind of closing out here, uh, did you have anything any takeaways from what Lurie said? I thought I thought he had a lot of good things to say um, about. <laughs> Many things. He, was, he didn't actually use Trump's name, but <laughs> he just destroyed Trump over and over again, um, saying that the country is a disgrace. Uh, but he, he said a lot of good things, I thought, about uh, systemic racism and how that's uh, that's like the, the COVID pandemic isn't the only pandemic uh, going on in our country it's also systemic racism Mm -hmm. and uh he called the the country not a disgrace but an embarrassment uh at at, you know right now and uh having to agree with that a little bit but yeah i I he was sort of on fire today saying um really a lot of poignant things he went off on some my opinion occasionally like tangents that he got he got a little bit off track at times Mm -hmm. but for the most part i thought he was on point with 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 his messaging and and the other thing too, which which I think is uh, sort of a big deal uh, outside of football, is that he's he's volunteering uh, Lincoln Financial Field yes, to be open up. for voting uh, on the upcoming election. And on that note, I've been thinking about this: like, vote. You know, go out and vote. Why not? You can do it, right? Like, if you're not if you're not registered, and obviously. I feel like, you know, I don't know if someone listening to me on an Eagles podcast is, you know, oh, <laughs> now I'm going to do it because you said it. But in the, <laughs> yeah. the off chance that is the case, please do. Just, you know, get registered to vote and then go out and vote. Just do it. And another thing that Lurie said that was important, I thought, or at least of interest to fans here, Jimmy, is that it seems like he has a level of optimism that, like, or he's at, at the very least, he's not closing the door on fans being at the link at some point yes. this season. He said, you know, maybe not in September, but they're trying to do a lot to, uh, you know, find a creative way to kind of have fans and somehow, some way at the link this year. And uh, he seemed pretty, like, optimistic, I would say, about that. Yeah, the way the question was phrased was, uh, was by asking – and it was like, oh, those Cowboys are jerks for having <laughs> for having fans in their stadium. Uh, shouldn't you be mad about that? And uh, Laurie was like, no, we want to have fans at some point too. So uh, 
So we just can't do it safely right now. So you're not going to see fans in September. But at some point this year, if we can find a safe way to do it, then he wants to have fans back in the stadium. Yeah, which I, I think that's a little more optimistic than I expected. I thought, you know, just the way things have been approached, they'd kind of be like, you know, no, or just kind of keep it. You know, we're trying, but we don't know. He seemed like, like he seemed to feel like, like they're going to try pretty hard and they're going to they're going to try to find some kind of way. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be interesting. Uh, any final thoughts, Jimmy? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I saw on your final uh, on your notes for the final day of uh, of camp, you mentioned you know you've been covering training camp since what year was 13. it? Okay, yeah, me too. First <laughs> like year. at least uh, that's that's when I covered it like every day for the first time. I've been I've, I've been covering camp since like twenty for since twenty ten. The uh, the Kevin Cobb year, flex, but not full time. I would just pop into camp every now and again, but I covered it like every day uh, from 2013 on, and so I kind of uh, copied you a little bit in uh, writing a little personal note at the end of uh, at, uh, at the end of my notes today. In that um, today was a very cool day to watch practice, yeah, because you know you and I were one of fewer than 20 people that actually got to watch a full-on Eagle scrimmage in the freaking stadium in Section 103. <laughs> like, it was almost like our own concert in a way. Mm-hmm. We were watching these guys practice. And uh, I think sometimes, I don't want to say I take for granted uh, the job that I have, but sometimes I, I feel like maybe I don't appreciate it as much. I Like, I forget to appreciate it mm-hmm. as much as I should. And um, it was just very, it was a very cool scene just being able to watch uh, practice today the way that we did. And I guess I'm just thankful to my family and to the readers and to both Philly.com and Philly voice for giving me the opportunities that they have. Yeah. I just wanted to echo that Jimmy and say, uh, I just want to thank absolutely no one because I did this on my own. <laughs> Screw every, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I wrote that in my notes as well. And it's just crazy to me. You know, I was, I was 21 Jimmy. Like when I started doing this, like that's so crazy to think, that uh, I've been doing it for this long, seven years now. And uh, also just the fact that I've been podcasting since 2013 sounds crazy now. Jimmy, there weren't even like other Eagles podcasts around when I started like doing this. <laughs> right. the, there weren't. Yeah, like, there, L- Lawler and I had the first one really. Not the first one. There was another one that, that existed. Eagles Fancast um, was like the OG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah right. And Jason Brewer then, used to be on there and that's how I knew about it from, from okay. ESPN. Yeah. And then Lawler and I had, uh, had a podcast – before I had a full time job, yeah, it was like 2011, 2012, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, and then uh, we had real jobs, <laughs> like we had non football jobs at the time, so it was difficult to to kind of keep up with that. And also, like uh, I didn't have the like we you know you have producers for your podcast and all the technical stuff is sort of done mm-hmm. for us. I had to learn all that stuff on my own. It wasn't easy at that time, so that was uh, a lot of challenge to kind of keep up with all that stuff too. But but yeah, like. Uh, after we were, after, you know, we kind of stopped doing that, you, like you said, like <laughs> you were the only podcast around yeah. for a long time. And now how many Eagles podcasts are there? Like, Too many, but like 20. <laughs> Except I can't say that if the NFL is listening. So just kidding. <laughs> There's got to be like about 20 of them, right? There's a lot. We're the best one. I think I can say that. <laughs> I think I'm allowed to say that. And I, I feel strongly about that. It's it's almost been a year, Jimmy, since you joined BG Radio. So that's been cool. That's coming up here. It's been quick. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy. It's been fun. 
Um, yeah, so here we are, just reminiscing about the, the our times covering camp and everything, and that's made possible, obviously, by you guys who listen to the show. So we are very grateful, and yeah, and I don't want to take that for granted. I mean, heck, we even had you know the Eagles provided like Gatorade and snacks and, and pretzels and stuff. So yeah, it's it's very cool, and we are very fortunate to get. Uh, to do what we do, and that's because of you people and our families again that have supported us and friends along the way. So, uh, so it's been awesome, and I can't wait for this season. Like training camp has really invigorated me further because, like you know, so much of the off season for me was just spent like feeling like there wasn't even going to be a season, and now you know it's right around the corner. It's two weeks away, and I, we're, we're through camp, and now I'm like, and then the roster cuts are going to be here, so I'm all geared up. I think fans are feeling that same way. I'm, I'm sensing that excitement on Twitter and in the BGN comments and everywhere. Like fans are like ready for this thing to get going. So hopefully it does get off the ground successfully and keeps that way. And there's no, you know, COVID issues. So, uh, so yeah, looking forward to it all. And obviously, we will have coverage of it all here on BGN Radio and BleedingGreenNation.com and Jimmy at PhillyVoice.com. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter, rate us on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Turkey at RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 to get 15% off. Until next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN.